We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Finks. Are we still live? Build the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After that. You want to stop me in, coach? Welcome to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live here in Mackey Arena uh, after watching Purdue beat Xavier here in the Gavit Games. Um, we are joined by uh, the reigning National Player of the Year, Zach. I got Jeff Goodman with me. I got Randolph Children. My name is Rob Dahlstrand. And, Zach, let's get started with this, man. What, are you, uh, what, what is this fleece sweater concoction we got it's going on here? It's called the Comfy. It's supposed to be like it's a one side. <laughs> So how you doing, man? Good. We're coming off of a national player of the year season. You come up to a year where I think everybody has you as the preseason player of the year looking to repeat. Um, how how did you go about attacking this offseason to, to continue improving? Yeah, just kind of like I attacked every offseason, um, trying to make improvements overall in my game. I don't think any part of my game is really a finished product. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I want to shoot 80 from the line this year. I want to be more efficient from the field. I want to, like, be a better screener, like a, lo- a lot of things that maybe they won't impact box score, but like just winning plays. I think that's kind of what I've always really tried to work on this offseason. So that was really the, the main thing I wanted to attack. You worry about the physicality. It looks like teams are really putting extra bodies on you, hitting you a little bit, stopping you on the rolls, things like that. Technically, it's a foul, but you're getting the shack effect, and they're not calling it. Yeah, I mean, physical. I think teams always want to do it. I mean, uh, I, mean I, what, I, I drew 11 fouls today. The means you're, you're getting played pretty physical. Um, this kind of something I have to deal with, I have to accept. Uh, I can't let it frustrate me. Um, I know the refs are doing their best. It's a really tough job to officiate me. Um, they can't call a foul every possession. Like, you know, the game's going to last four hours. So they have to kind of pick and choose their spots. Um, and uh, I kind of have to just play through some things. I, I've accepted that. 28 and 11 tonight. I thought it was quiet, honestly. I, I looked up and I'm like, 28 and 11. You know, you guys won. It was kind of a hard-fought game against a scrappy Xavier team. What did tonight show you about your team? Uh, I mean, I should have been better. I missed oh, probably four or five hooks I've, Early. Yeah. I make routinely. Um, I think we have a lot. Of, you kind of saw today we have a really deep team. I mean, Braden, what he, what he had. He was great tonight. He, he had really 12, 12 six, seven, seven, six, six. Like, that's a terrific game. I mean, everyone really played really well. We have a lot of guys that can really go this year. Um, and we can attack you a lot of different ways. Depends on the matchup night by night. When you come to a game like this, it's the first time that I think the country really saw you play somebody that wasn't uh, wasn't a buy game, wasn't a mid major opponent. Do you feel like you guys have something to prove after the way the last season ended? Uh, I've always felt like I have something to prove. Um, doesn't really matter how last season ended. Obviously, ended how it ended. Um, I don't think you can let like, one game really affect you mentally and like, you physically. That, that can't be your whole motivation to be a good basketball player. You want to be a good basketball player just because you want to be a good basketball player. You know what I mean? It's kind of your motivation comes from inside. You always want to win every game. Um, if we had to win the national championship game, I would have played just as hard as I did today. Um, so it doesn't 
that's something that doesn't really affect me too much. You guys are 10 deep now. You didn't, you weren't that last year. And is that something that you guys talk about amongst yourselves? Because when you went out of a game in the past, you could think like, oh, they got to hold on. Now you guys are playing well, even when you're on the bench. I, I never believed that we were not a deep team even last year. I think we last year we had a lot of guys that could go. We were just young. Um, this year we kind of have guys that are older. We have guys that are more experienced, guys that have kind of been through it. Um, the talent level always been there 10 deep. What was this this offseason like for you in terms of a year ago? People didn't really know you like they know you now. Now you go around and you're the national player of the year. It's different, isn't it? What, what's it been like for you, whether it's in West Lafayette or when you went back home to Canada? Uh, it's an adjustment for sure. I kind of just had around Purdue. Um, I can't really – I kind of just stay at my house most of the time, stay inside. I have a great group of guys that I live with. I live with all basketball players, so – um, just kind of stay inside, hang out with them, watch the college basketball games on. That's kind of what I did last year. Just so not much of an adjustment because I can't walk to the corner store anymore. A lot of times, people ask me for photos and stuff like that. You like that though? I mean, again, like you like it, but you want to get places. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing, obviously. Because you sign autographs here. I mean, you yeah. went out before our show looking for people almost to. To sign autographs for everybody who kind of left tonight, but usually you're here a half an hour, maybe an hour. Yeah, after the game, it's great. I mean, it's most of the kids. That's that's when it's really fun when you can have the kids kind of sign stuff for them, take pictures with them, make their day. Um, sometimes it can get a little tedious, but at the end, they have to have to kind of look at the bigger picture. Like it's a blessing, you know, a lot of love from you on this campus. Hey, there weren't that. a lot of autographs being signed a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it, yeah, for sure, it's a lot of love on this campus. That's what I really appreciate. You said you live with three basketball players. Who are your roommates? Uh, it's Ethan, Fletcher, and Will. Who's the messy one? You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your What are your uh, responsibilities around the apartment? Um, just kind of trying to like put my dishes away, like just regular stuff. Do they yell at you? Not, we don't have designated. Stuff. Do they get on? Sometimes. No, I've been I've been getting better. Um, just making sure I kind of clean up after myself, stuff like that. Do your laundry? Yeah. Or does mom do it? No. Sure. Just tell them it's a double double. You want it now? You want it later? Twenty eight eleven. You get to unload the dishwasher. All right. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Some of those guys got to get up the ball too, mm -hmm. right? So you got to be nice. Definitely. Uh, Lance Jones. I think, again, the numbers don't really tell the story that mm -hmm. the impact that he has on this team. I'm looking at. I'm saying. It looks like a different team because he brings a different dimension to this this group. Yeah. Why? I mean, you, you kind of see – you have to watch the games, like you said, to really understand the impact he has. Uh, he's super strong, super physical, really quick, um, super confident. Like you saw, he, he bombed some threes today. Um, that's the, kind of just who he is, like super confident. Like, I <laughs> see Payne over there looking at me. <laughs> you, you shot some deep ones today, but I mean, he's just, he has ultimate confidence in himself and something you have to respect. Um, he, he, he's really plays hard on defense. He's a really, really good defender. Uh, he just brings another element to our team that we, we need. I'm sure coach liked that, but I'm sure he wanted a couple of those early to go inside before he launched them outside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hey, how much respect do you have for Payne for how he's handled and taken probably a lot of, more of the accountability than he should? For, for last season's first round loss? Uh, a lot of respect. I mean, I've, I would have a lot of respect for him even if he didn't do that. I mean, I just, just as a person, I have a lot of respect for him. He's, like I've always said, he's an honest guy. Like, you, you want you want his honest opinion about you, you go to his office and you can talk to him. Um, in my recruiting, like, he was straight up. He was the only coach, one of the only coaches that was really straight up with me about it. Like, he was like, if you beat someone out, you're going to play. If not, you're going to redshirt. I mean, that's something I really respect and the re big reason why I'm at Purdue. Um, I've always had a great amount of respect for Coach Payne because the way he kind of keeps it honestly. Like you said, you see that in the way he takes accountability for things. Um, even when I feel like it was, I was the one that let the team down. Like everyone on the team feels like they let the team down. He's just the loudest one saying that. <laughs> Zach, I'm going to roll through some numbers for you here real quick. Uh, the last two years, you guys have won 58 games. Last season, you won the Big Ten regular season title and the Big Ten tournament title. In the last eight years, six of those seasons, you guys have won at least 26 games. But people look at Purdue and they say there's been some early exits in the tournament. And it, it, uh, how, do you, how do you weigh to the success you've had in the regular season versus the, the, the fact that we're in a sport where 
if you can't make a deep run in March, like people just kind of write it off. How do you how do you look at that? Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of like I said, look at the bigger picture. Sometimes, like like Big Ten championships do matter. Big Ten yeah. tournament championships do matter. Young two banners. Yeah, I mean, young two banners. And so it's kind of hard to judge the season we had last year. Um, obviously, you want to make that run in March. That's kind of really where where you want to do it. But I mean, having a lot of regular season wins is is impressive, and it's something that we've done. Um, and then we have to focus on kind of making that run in March. We made some adjustments in our team, like. You said Lance Jones brings another element of guys that can really get downhill, break presses, do things that we, we couldn't do last year. Um, and kind of take load off guys. Like Brady doesn't have to be the only guy really dribbling the ball through a press. We have guys that can kind of come up and do it. I asked this to Coach – I said this to Coach Brantley and thinking about it, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. This team, when you, when you come up through the last couple of years and now you're Big Ten champions – at some point when you first get here and you build up and you get to that point, I thought about my experience of getting to an ACC championship, and we felt like that was such an accomplishment that when we got to the NCAAs, it was you're trying to do something that hadn't been done, and we were almost, I won't say content, but we were really, really felt like we had accomplished something at the, at the conference championships. You guys have done that now, and now it's, it's like the experience you gained is it, Final four is it Phoenix the bust or how do you feel about this team now? I mean that's been my that's been my uh, expectations every year I've been at Purdue. I don't think there's ever been a year where we sat and been like ah like if we if we make the tournament I don't think you think about making the tournament, but again it's realistically when you win your conference tournament it is a big thing because that's not something that happens every year. So you celebrate, but you guys to bring a team back in this time, having done it in the recent years as you have, does that add more pressure? Uh, like I said, like every year it's Final Four bust, in my opinion. Um, I've just never been a year where I've been content, like losing. Um, I mean, it's just every year you want to make that run, Mark Maddish, you want to win the whole thing. And every year uh, I've kind of been disappointed, but just kind of keep keep cracking at it, keep taking um, hacks at it, and just play as hard as you can. That's all you can really do. How hard was it last year? Because you, you won all those awards. So you go to the Final Four and you're, you're watching it. I know you didn't go, but you're there. Like you're there, and you know everybody's there to watch those games. Again, bittersweet because you swept every national player of the year award. Which, again, if I had told you that a year ago at this time, like I assume you would have been a little surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think like I kind of always said, those individual accomplishments are nice. Like I'd be lying if I said it wasn't an honor to kind of be at all those around those people, go to an SB, like do all those things. Um, but the ultimately, what you want to do is be playing in the final fours. Um, that's kind of you don't want to be watching accepting awards. Um, you want to be in, in a jersey, get, getting a jump ball. So uh, that's kind of our goal this year. It's not it's not for me to be back there. If I was, if I ended up back there, it'd obviously be um, a blessing and an honor. But I hope you're playing and then. And accepting those awards. Enjoy the journey. We, we, we tried. So everybody's been asking question now. Like, who's the biggest threat to you for National Player of the Year? We can't even come up with one. Like, seriously, it's one of those things where, again, in, in an off game, you were 28 and 11. Who's your biggest threat? Who do you think? You watch, I you I watch the bigs. I don't, I don't really consider things like that. Um, just say it's no competition. It's, yours. <laughs> it's okay if you say it. I agree with you. No, no, I just, just say it for you. It's yours. There's no competition. You like try, come up with something, but but there's almost no scenario where we don't see you going for 28 and 11 almost every night. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna try to play my hardest. I'm not really focused on trying to have better stats somewhere. I'm just trying to help Purdue win in any way I can. Um, if that leads to me without a word again, that'd be an honor. Um, but I'm just trying to help Purdue win. All right, listen. Let's let him go. Well, look, Paint, I'll, Paint's I'll... sleeping over there. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, a, that was uh, that was uh, oh, Purdue. Careful. Purdue. He walks right in front of the camera. Zach Eady walking right. In front what a rookie! Of the he was what great. Rookie. Look, he was he was yeah, ready. Yeah, he was on. ready for TV, and then and then this happened. Listen, we are. Uh, well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, um, but when we come back. We have. Okay, we're not taking a break. Um, what, what was the most impressive part about Zach Eadie's game tonight to you, Jeff? That he stuck with. You know, again, he missed some buttons early, uh, but man, he he, he kind of dominated down the stretch. And he does. Here's the most impressive part. The most impressive part for me is if he misses a shot, 
I think a couple of years ago he hung his head a little bit. Get back down the now he just gets like really hard. Doesn't really complain when he could a lot because we both know like how much did he get fouled? I, mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me was he gets fouled. And he doesn't complain. And he doesn't say nope. a word. And, nope. and you can call a foul. He, it's the Shaq rule. You can literally call a foul yeah. every trip down the floor. Yeah. yeah. Shaq Eady, there's a reason why we gave him that nickname. Um, RC, uh, what is, what is the, the the next step that he has to make in his game, next progression? I, I think he does everything well. I think he's a better presence defensively right now. So it just continue to stay within the system. He's lead, he's helping his teammates. He doesn't complain when he didn't get the ball. He's lead by example. I mean, it's hard to improve on a, a, a 28 and 11. <laughs> yeah, 28 and 11 on an off night. On an off night, as to, Jeff uh, says. Yeah. To, I, I love to how he's going to be over here. Too. Yeah, 28 and 11 on an off night, according to Jeff Goodman. Listen, coming up next, we are going to be joined by the guy that has developed Zach Eady into the reigning national player of the year. That is Purdue head coach Matt Painter. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the field of 68 after dark live here in West Lafayette, Mackey Arena. I, I got Jeff now? Goodman. I have here? Randolph Childress. I have a blue moon light sky for Jeff here. And I have a Coors Light if uh, Purdue head coach Matt Painter would like it. <laughs> um, listen, we got Matt Painter here, fresh off of Purdue's uh, 83 to 71 win 
over Xavier. We were we were talking about it while we were watching the game, Matt, and we said that it felt like you guys never really kicked into high gear tonight, and you were still just kind of able to keep a good, well-coached Xavier team at arm's length. What does tonight's performance say about what you have this season? Yeah, yeah obviously we, we couldn't separate, um, but obviously there's another team out there. You know, competing against you. I know, like when Claude hit that tough three and Banks in, they when they when they're getting those floaters, we want those floaters. Like we want the tough twos. Like we want to play without fouling. We want to keep them out of the paint. And for the most part, we did. They do a great job of sealing there at the block, and that's why you saw us get more aggressive and trap and just get the ball out of the guards' hands. And um, their four man, you know, made a couple of those baseline shots. I thought he had twenty. He has ten. So sometimes when it goes against what you want, but you know, we, we took a couple ill-advised threes, I thought, in the first half where we could have separated, like, whatever, like Lance Jones shot a couple from Crawfordsville. <laughs> and, um, like, and, and, you know, he comes from Southern Illinois where I used to be, so I talked to every single person there. They're like, yeah, he said he's really good and he's tough and he can guard and he can make shots and he can use his quickness and he's really a combo. He goes, but every now and then he'll shoot a 35-footer and he'll be like, what in the hell like, is going on? Like, I coach Carson Edwards, so like you know, I've seen some thirty-five footers, but just reeled in just a little bit. Um, I told him the last game because he did it the last game too. I said, if it counted for four, I'd be all for it, but it doesn't. It's the same. Just just play on the arc, man. So you know what's hardest for those guys? I'm getting away from your question. They don't know how to post feed. So Braden Smith's one of the best passers ever been around. He didn't know how to post feed. It took him five games. I said, hey man. Like, did you get the ball in high school? He's like, yeah. I go, well, were you the best player? He goes, yeah. I go, well, you're not right now. <laughs> and and Zebo is. So when he's open, he's got to get it. Just no different than you. Like, you know, you're a good player. When you're open, you got to get it. And, and so, like, kind of getting him to understand some of that, like, like playoff. Let him do the work. Like, you don't have to mess around. Like, play ball screen. We play a lot through ball screens, which we don't get credit for because Braden's so good in it and people are getting that drop. And so we want to attack that. Well, we play in the drop, too with Zach. And so like we, we go against it a lot. So just trying to get those guys to understand whatever they give you, take it. And if they're going to give you your pull up, take your pull up. They're going to let Zach catch it and play one on one, you know, do it. So Lance has kind of had to learn, you know, a different system, different vernacular, but he's great. He, he's exactly what the doctor ordered. He, what we struggled with, we needed quickness. We needed defense. We needed leadership. You know, we needed all those things and he brings those things and he's not scared. A lot of people will act like, you know, they have that bravado. Most men are that way. Like, they, this is the way I am. They're going to tell the world that. But when it gets down to it, you got to be able to show it. And he shows it. Like, he doesn't back down from people. Did you ask them that? Because you, you kind of said that in the offseason, you needed to get some guys who weren't scared, right? Because no you question. felt like yeah. last year in the tournament, yeah. you played scared. Yeah. Well, I, I think what happens is you get tight when you get three to four shots a game. When you're a guy that's going to get 12 to 15 shots, you play through it. And it's what most people do in high school. They play through it because you get your shots and you don't worry about it. But when you get a couple a game, three, four, five shots a game, you're like, oh, man, I got to make it. And then you just get tight. We collectively lost confidence. Even though we won our last five games of the season, people weren't like, taking on Zach's dives and then going out and challenging us. They were taking on his dives and staying there because we would move it and then throw it in. And they just were like, you're going to have it. Like, you're just going to take this. And then when they left that, that kind of got them doubting themselves. And you can't do that. When you got your open ones, you got to step in and rhythm. You got to shoot them. I think that's the, the hardest thing to combat, right? If someone is saying, I dare you to shoot, that's the shot we want. How do you – how do you coach that up? Is it just get reps in the gym? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you develop? It's yeah. like a mental thing. It, it gets psychological, right? Like it gets like, there's the best shooters in the world go through it. So why shouldn't the average shooters, they really go through it, right? <laughs> the average shooters don't get the same rip. Like it's, it's different. Like great, great players. You keep going back to the well. Like if Carson Evers is four for 17, I made an attempt to go to him and like, Hey man, you're good. Just, you know, keep taking good ones. Like you took 13 good shots. You took four bad ones. Like, we need as many of those 13. We need that to grow. And so, like, just staying with them and putting in time. Our guys put a lot of time in on their game. And that's something for us. We haven't done a better job recruiting. We've done a better job evaluating. And I think that's – and not being scared to take people that aren't getting recruited by people at our level because we see the value and how they can help us in our system. That's where we've really gotten to where we've made improvements. Our staff has done a really good job with that. How about your freshman, Miles Copeland, at like three for three from three? I uh, heard you a heck of a shooter. 
but I thought he came in and I gave you some really good minutes. How much are you leaning on him throughout the year? I thought he was great. Um, what's kind of kept him away is there's been really no separation. Cam Heidi and him and Ethan Morton, I think they would all kind of take off if they could get more minutes, but it's just not there. So can I keep playing 10 people is really hard. But for a guy like that to come in, played USA basketball, made the 19 and under team, just turned 18 in August, very talented, but learning the system and thrown at him. But to be able to step up like that and make shots, like um, you keep doing something like that, and as a coach, you got to get it figured out and get him out on the floor more. You mentioned Braden Smith earlier. He had 12.6 boards tonight. I think a lot of people put the end of the season on him, right? Mm-hmm. He's not good enough. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. And he looks like a more confident player. Today. Yeah. You know, he got into that that kind of mid-range pull-up when, when they were playing the drop up the ball screens like three or four times and uh, just stepped up confidence, knocked him down. What have you seen for him this offseason? You know, it's I've always wanted him to shoot more. Like last year, he loves like just setting people up. But like his instincts aren't going to take over if everybody just thinks he's a pass-only player. So like being able to get layups, being able to get into his intermediate game, but more importantly, get into that pull-up, getting some pull-up threes to get – you know, it's that mid-range right there. Because when people aren't dropped, they're daring you. Mm-hmm. And if we can set a good screen, and obviously Zach is great in that situation because they don't like to get disconnected from him. So it's a drop, but a drop with Zach is a real drop. So they're not holding back in that deep drop and just sitting there. They're starting up and then dropping, which is a little bit different. That's how we play it. But, no, he just needs to be confident. Um, I called his dad in the spring and just said, like, you got to understand, he's got to score for us. Like, we got to get him scoring because I want the opponents to take that away. Because when you take that away, that's when his passing really takes off. I knew I could play for this, man. See what I mean? I thought he, I thought he was just speaking the big man. Now he's giving the guard. Yeah. You know what's, what's crazy is my, my second year uh, in coaching, I was in North Carolina at a Division II school, Barton College, Wilson, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah. And that was your senior year. Yeah. And we didn't have the Big Ten tournament. So, like, to me, like, no big deal. ACC tournament, right? I don't know anything. I'm from the state of Indiana. I'm like, what's the big deal? I worked with someone. I worked two different jobs. I worked at a technical college helping people get their GED. Lady I worked for was Duke. And then another lady I worked with was North Carolina. So it was just on, right? Every single day, I'm like, Jesus. And they were just on. And that was when Randolph had the unbelievable ACC tournament the guy fell down or whatever. So I kind of became, I was Wake Forest. And I was just like, hey, man. They just said, like, you're just jumping on the winner. Like, well, sure. <laughs> sure. So, like, to me, that was that was cool because then I – when I was fortunate enough to become a head coach in the Big Ten, Tommy Amaker was at Michigan. And then when he talked about anchoring the tournament. Tommy was really big on that. He said, anchor the tournament and let it grow because we're never going to get it like the ACC and all that history, you know, and the nostalgia and everything that comes with the ACC tournament. We got to get it. And we move around. We don't have a conference anymore. We got a corporation, so like we're going to be all over the place you know, for our tournament, and rightfully so. Like it is what it is, and it's the way it's moving. But that was a but that was a real cool thing for me to see him and, and to see that, and it's like to experience that just as a fan. I just was, you know, just watching. But like that, that was really cool to, to, to kind of see that how that tournament, you know, unfolded through the years and all the great players that played there. But the fans, how they looked at it. Like I don't know if we quite look at it that way. But, you, you know, it, it's got to be an event, right? Because you're springboarding in, obviously, to the NCAA tournament. All right, give me your, your favorite Zach Eady story. Give me something good. Oh, man. Funny, crazy, something that's happened uh, in the offseason. Pretty, he's pretty simple, really. Yeah. I've never seen someone eat like that. I've never seen <laughs> – and it's the constant, like, fuel. Like, it, it just doesn't stop. You can eat. Yeah. Not not like that. Like he's but at halftime he's got something. Before the game he's got something. Half post game halftime. Like what's he what's he oh, just the bars through. and all that stuff. Which you know, there's yeah. a lot of people out yeah. there that do that. But I've never like so we we go to the Big Ten tournament. Uh, the, excuse me, the media day in Minneapolis. So we were staying at the Marriott downtown. This is two years ago, and I was like, hey man, you've ever been to Fogo de Chao, the steakhouse right there? He was like, no. So we knew nothing about the card card, the green, just keep bringing it, or the red. I just said, hey, if you like something a little bit different, like, you know, you like the prime rib or, you know, you like the filet and you don't want the teriyaki chicken, so just flip your card when it comes around, whatever. I said, so you just get whatever you want. He's like, no, I'm good. I, I, I like it all. 
And so it was just me and him sitting there. AD from Illinois walks in. He kind of comes around. And he goes, oh, you guys are going to put this place to the knees. You take this to the and so the next year, we were recruiting. I went down to Atlanta. Then I went to the East Coast. Then we flew in. And Brandon Brantley, one of our assistants, was with me. We couldn't take him back. So we had to go to media day. So then we land and we go there and Zach's there. And he's like, well, they've already went to eat. I said, well, I know where they are. So we walk in and Zebo's right over there in the corner, just had that <laughs> card on green, man. But he's Italian. He never turns it over. I know he did not. Let's keep coming. Yeah, it's I mean, there's like a historic story yeah, he's from Taylor Vincent. Oh, was there? Oh, like historic. They've never Scott Drew, Jerome Tang was there at the time. Yeah. They said they've never seen a human being. Eat as much as Zachy the I, I saw uh, Isaac Hotz. We played in Maui, and uh, we were in good spirit, so we, we had to win that game. I don't know who won or we beat, but he had missed free throws, so I was waiting on him. I said, I mean, let me just take you to this gym. Let's, let's go shoot some free throws. He was like 0 for 6 or whatever, and he ate 40 chicken strips. So he gets up and he walks away, and one of our walk-ons started whispering, like, hey, he eat. He just ate 40 chicken strips. I said, hey, man, why are you whispering? <laughs> I said, like, I just don't want to be rude. I don't want to say anything. I go, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah. He goes, how do you know he ate 40 chicken strips? He goes, I counted. <laughs> he said he got to eat at a time. He went out five times. He returned four times. Obviously, the initial one. There it is. Purdue math. Coach, this is my first time in Macquarie, and I got to say, what? this is, this is, yeah, it's my first time. Wow. As good as any environment I've ever been around. Does anywhere you've played in your career compare to this? See, I wouldn't give it the credit because the noise doesn't affect me. You know, it's that positive noise. Like you're in a meeting because I'm not on the other end. I'm not on the other end. But like when we go to Michigan State or we go to Indiana, you just hear it differently because it's against you. But I know it's um, it used to be big games here, like our ball screen coverage. I'd be like, hey, man, are you going to talk out there? And the guy would be like, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. So now it's become, they've done such a good job here with the game day environment. And the faith have been great and our students have been great. They've done something. Now it's getting to work for almost every game to where it's like, hey, man, like your ball screen covered. Because he'll tell you, like, a lot of attacking ball screens is just getting people lower and changing feet and getting angles. That's all it is. Like, but you got to have the ability, the quickness in the game to get somebody to do that and then manipulate it, you know, and that's just your ball screen attack. So with that, like, you don't want to, you know, defensively do those things, but you got to communicate and help each other because different things can happen with slips, screens, twists, three screens. There's a lot of things that go with it. So you've got to be great in communication, but if you can't hear somebody, it's pretty tough. Well, listen, Paint, it's been a pleasure. It's always great to catch up with you. It's always great to be here. Uh, in Mackey Arena. When we come back, we're going to take a deep dive into Michigan. We went into Madison Square Garden and won by, it was about 25 tonight. We'll be back. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code Field 200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game, regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure that you use the bonus code Field 200 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today.
Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live here on YouTube. We are live on Stadium. We are live in Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. We just watched Purdue uh, beat Xavier 83-71. to Guys, that wasn't the only game between the Big East team and the Big Ten team tonight. Goodman, this afternoon, we were in a car. We were driving from the Indianapolis airport here to West Lafayette. I put Michigan in the top 25. You looked at me. You looked me right in the eye and you laughed in my face when I did that this morning. I said, Memphis the, Wolver the Wolverines, the Wolverines in Madison Square Garden in Rick Patino, New York native's first game in that building as St. John's head coach. You know what they did? A casual 89 to 73 win. They were up by his 25 in the second half. My guy, Doug McDaniel, how about this? 26 points, six boards, seven assists. Amari Burnett. Career high twenty one points in the first half. Goodman, I'm not even going to let you speak here. RC, how about Michigan, man? Is this the second best team in the Big Ten? Because I think that it is. I couldn't argue with it right now. I, I'm so happy Come for Dougie. I won't call the second. Yet. I mean, but I tell you what, they are. They have been the biggest surprise. That's right. in the Big Ten. I think. I mean, being fair, they've been the biggest surprise. Um, I mean, are you going to take them over Michigan State right now? No, 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 not long haul. But they're playing well, and they're just impressive. You know, I've been at Dougie. Mm -hmm. McDaniels fans from the beginning to see how well he's playing. If he can sustain this throughout the year, they're going to be a force. At what point are we going to have to, to uh, rebrand Dougie McBuckets? <laughs> no, no time but soon. You know his impact though, today, even if he didn't score as much, he's, I think he's the fastest player in college basketball. I do think that. And St. John's couldn't, they couldn't press him. He's a one-man press break. He gets it in his hand. He's the fastest guy. He changes everything. So, when you when you have that type of freedom now and confidence in playing the way he's playing now, they're going to be a tough out. They got a lot of good players. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing of Michigan. They got a lot of good players, and yeah, you know, we forget Martelli's a pretty good coach too. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we talk about the Rick, but but yeah, Martelli's won a lot of games at St. Joe's, and that's the benefit of having him while Juwan Howard recovers from from the, the heart procedure that that he had. Um, I, I think. When I went to St. John's practice a couple of weeks ago, the one thing that really struck me, besides the fact that it's a completely different team with a completely different coach, they don't have a dude. They don't have a guy. They're not super athletic. They don't have a guy that can just break you down and go get one. Right? That's not Dingle. That's not even Dennis Jenkins. Ledlam is not that guy. Right? So, like, who do they have? They got a bunch of good players, but not really a great player. I'm not sure Michigan does either, but – Doug McDaniel played like a great player tonight. He's he's been like that all season so far, and I've I've watched the previous two games because I'm a we question the competition prior. Yes, so right. Yeah, I was after after the first game, I texted RC yeah, and I was yeah. like, "You need to go watch Doug McDaniel's first half and tell me if you think this is real." And he was like, I, "Yeah, I think it's real, but you don't really know." And I guess to the point, um, we don't really know if St. John's is I'm doing air quotes here real yet. But I think that that is about as definitive of a statement as you can make that Michigan that Michigan is here to stay, right? I don't know. I probably – I would rank them second in the Big Ten now just because, like, they won and Michigan State lost on the James Madison. Um, is against how he does his top 25? It is. It is. I'm not ready to do that yet. It is. I need Michigan State to shoot better than 6.5% from three, and then we can have a conversation about whether or not they're going to All right, let's stick in the Big Ten, though, because as good as Michigan was, right, and we got we didn't even mention the way He's He was terrific in the first two games. Yeah, Terrence Reed was good. Yeah, Terrence Reed was good. They had Terrence Williams. I think they're legit, guys. I think they are. We'll talk about that more in later dates when they have bigger games. I want to ask you, you were at, Indiana and Army was that last night? Yes, yeah, last, last night. night. Second straight game that the Hoosiers have struggled yeah. against in major competition. Yeah, um, Khalil Ware has looked uh, pretty damn good yeah. at the five spot, but um, there's been inconsistencies offensively. Mackenzie Baco doesn't look like he necessarily fits. Um, my biggest concern, and I want you guys to both weigh in on this, is that I don't think they can defend the way they need to defend. Playing Mbako at the three. That's a given. I mean, listen, <laughs> I said that from day one when they got him. And if you're going to try to play uh, Renew, Ware, and Mbako together, it's probably not going to work on both ends of the court. Not just defensively because Mbako can't guard a three, 
but offensively because of the spacing. Nobody's going to respect those guys enough. They're going to pack it in, which Army did. Dare them to shoot small for me. And then, honestly, they, they haven't defended the three-point line well, and they haven't rebounded well. They have not rebounded well for a team that should crush people, especially Army on the glass. They don't play with intensity. They don't play with that, that fire that they need to. They play too cool. I can't argue with you on that. I, I, I have my concerns about their ability to stretch the floor. Um, even Xavier Johnson, I think he has speed to burn as well. But he has a perimeter, perimeter shooting has been an issue for him. And let's just see if we got four guys who sat out last year with a broken foot, right? Let's right. see if, you yes. know, maybe is there ill effects from that and see the slow start to that. I, 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 it's, it's early for teams like that. And I think for teams like, you know, they're, they're trying to find their identity right now. Like you said, you mentioned the match. I think they have to shake up the roster or the rotation a little bit or have an identity. Of, but I don't know what you do. I, I, you I don't know. play Gabe Cup yeah. 25 yeah. minutes? Is he ready for that as a 160-pound yeah. freshman? I like him, but I don't know if he's ready for that. They don't I think, have a guy. They needed to have a, another guy that they could pair with Xavier Johnson in the backcourt that, that – that was a man. They had him, older. but he, went, he was a first-round draft pick to the Lakers. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think you knew. I was you literally was about to say, you, you, leave you, mean, you mean like Jalen Hood? That's exactly what I mean. Great, obviously. Then you'd be talking about a team top ten, right? So here's the, the only argument that I would make for Cups is that I think that he is a willing defender. I think that he is a guy that is uh, – that doesn't is not going to be out there wanting shots. I think that he is good enough to be able to make open threes, and I think that he will much more willingly step into a role than someone like Mbako. Does that make sense? Like, I don't of think he, he's not the ideal. Fit. He's not thinking he's an NBA player after one year. Mbako's thinking he's one and done. Of course, listen. As good as Gabe Cups was the first game, which he really was, he struggled most of last night. He made a big three at the end of the game, but he's he struggled to guard. Uh, against Army. They okay? so, like, it's still going to take time for him. I've always said, if you have four pros around Gabe Cups, yeah, I think he can – and you probably do have four pros. At what level, I don't know. Right. But just – I don't love the roster. I've said this for, for, for a while with Woodson. I don't love the roster construction. I, I still think he's putting together a roster that fits better in the 1990s. Than it does now. It, see, I don't, I don't entirely agree with that because I do think that Khalil Ware, in an ideal world, is what you want out of a modern five in college basketball because sure. he's seven two because he can protect the rim. But you want to pair him with Malik Renew and Mackenzie Mbaka. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that if you, I think Renew's got to play at this point, but I do think that in the, you could put Mbaka with the awesome four. Yeah. yeah, you awesome. could put it. I think you could put him by the, my biggest issue with this the way that he's built the roster is that you can't like he he promised Mbako that you could play three, and Mbako's not a three at the college level, right? He just isn't on that, both ends of the floor right now. And I think that right now, if you can make a situation where that's your front court rotation, your four and your five, you play each of those three guys, like play wear and renew 30 minutes, like uh, play Mbako the other 20 minutes, to me, that works, but then you don't to the situation like. Who you put next to David Johnson in the backcourt? That's the problem. Yes. That's what they don't have. This. Dave Cubs is your, your guard coming off the bench. It's great. Your first mm-hmm. point guard coming off the bench. To spell. Who's, the, who's the freshman that's hurt? Um, new Jakai New. Yeah, I don't know. It, see, if this this back, team has to be better and hang their head on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. They got to they got to muck the game up a little. But they're not going to be. Able, I, yeah. I don't want to kill. Yeah. I don't want to kill McKenzie too much. He's a freshman. Oh, he's not ready. It's his second game. He's right. not. Yeah, right. he's not ready. Not ready yet. So, Indiana's been disappointed. Michigan State's been disappointed. Maryland's been disappointed. We talked about Maryland yet yeah, on the show. Yeah. They went down to Asheville and they lost two close games. What really concerns me about those two losses is that if you look at what happened against Davidson, they couldn't couldn't deal with the spread. Their big guys got played off the floor. They didn't know how to get the, the pace and space and shooting of Davidson offense. Ooh, by the way, shout out to Adrian Davidson. They might be back. Um, then they play UAB. And they couldn't handle the toughness, the physicality, the pressure. There were like seven turnovers in the second half where Eric Gaines literally just put somebody's pocket when it had a wide open layup. The dude had 20, and all he got was wide open layup to transition. So, my question to you is Did we overrate this Big Ten? Big picture. A little 10, you mean? <laughs> 
That's a good one. Uh, it's safe to say Maryland is a big part of why we think that. This is a team with preseason pick third in the Big Ten, and they, they've struggled out the gate. And I, the UAB game, because you question toughness, and that isn't something that you question with a Willard coach team. Like, he, he defines it. I went to their practice in the spring, and he's telling guys, like, this, this just ain't Big Ten. Get out of here. Go. He actually told guys, go play in the ACC. <laughs> How'd that make you feel? I laughed at it. I thought it was funny. Like, I, I get it. You said I, it's not an indictment, and that's not. But it's not that hey, you motivate your, you know, your guys, and and it's, it's rumored that the ACC's had a bit of a league, and people say that stuff all the time. And as a coach, I respect it. He was challenging his guys, but I said it to say he was challenging his players about toughness, and and, and I didn't see that that game. And I, you know, that team no. is too talented. Um, well, so there's some that things that got to be figured out. Here's the difference, right? Last year zero expectations on Maryland. Right. Right. Everybody right. wrote him off before right. the year that right. I didn't do anything. Right. He took over kind of a, you know, a, a shit show from, from Turge this year, like you said, pick third. Yeah. It, it, now people are kind of coming after him a little bit. You know, you're not sneaking up on anybody now. It, you know, they're looking at you completely different. Like Julian Reese, you, you got to take the next step now. Jameer Young, like, you got to be even better than you were you, last He should have been the player of the year conversation. Let's, let's call it like it is. UAB and Davidson are both probably top 60 to 75 teams. Yeah, they're good teams. Davidson, Davidson looks like they're going to be but a team. You should know they're dangerous. Yeah, you should know. And they, but it looks like UAB is probably going to be the best team in Conference USA. Um, or one of their, uh, I'm sorry, they're going to be one of the better teams in, uh, in the American. Um, and Davidson looks like they're going to be competing at the top of the A-10. So it's not like we're talking about horrible losses. These are both end up being no. probably quad two losses when things are all said and done. So they're both by one position. Like, it's not like they're that far off. No, Maryland finishes they're third close. in the Big so, Ten. But, but we're talking ahead. about a team that we thought was third in the Big Ten and a team that was in some preseason polls were 20, top, 25th, 24th, or whatever, the top 25 teams. So from that aspect, it's disappointing. And you expect them, all right, you, get, you lose one game, all right, come back and respond, and they didn't. You're losing close games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, um, we have a lot more to get to today. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Stadium YouTube channel. We have a special tonight where it's going to be last call over there on Stadium. We're going to be answering chat questions. We're going to talk a little bit more about Purdue's big picture. We didn't get a chance to really converse about that win. But when we come back, Villanova lost at the Palestra. How bad are things for the Big East right College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark Live from Mackey Arena at Purdue here in West Lafayette. The Boilermakers uh, beat Xavier 83-71 of the Gavit Games tonight. Uh, after Field of 68 After Dark is done, we're going over to Last Call on Stadium's YouTube channel on the Stadium app, and we're going to be 
uh, talking a little bit more about Purdue. So make sure you hang around for that. Make sure you jump in the chat. We have some questions. We're going to be answering them. We got 20 minutes we got to fill of all Q&A on Stadium. We're going to be doing that tonight. So make sure you hit questions. Uh, we'll answer anything as long as it doesn't get us canceled. Um, we're going to have to preview the Champions Classic here because tomorrow we are all heading to Chicago. RC and I are going to be driving with our producer Trevor release. Uh, Jeff is is I, gone. No I one you were scared of driving no one, with Trevor. No one wants to get in the car with you, Jeff. I thought we were good. Then you drove us today, and I realized that any there's nothing that Trevor could do that's worse than what you do when you're behind. Just the trying wheel. to get around. Um, look, I don't want to. I don't want to get him arrested. Let's just say that his phone needs to be taken out of his hand when he's driving. Um, <laughs> before we talk about the Champions Classic, we got to talk about this Villanova situation, man. Uh, they went on the road to the Palestra. A big five opponent pen, and they lost 76 to 72. The Kyle Neptune uh, second go around here, Villanova, is not off to the greatest of starts. Jeff, how concerned are you? Very, and they were kind of my bold pick to go to the final four. Yeah. Because uh, I thought they had uh, a lot at their disposal for, for Kyle Neptune. You know, veterans, a star in Justin Moore who's healthy. You know what they don't have? The point guard. They don't have a good enough point guard. They had six assists tonight. Mm -hmm. Mark Armstrong had zero assists in 19 minutes. Justin Moore is not really a point guard. He's not. He's a two guard. Now, you may have to play him at the point this year, which I don't know if that's the ideal scenario either, right? He's way better off the ball. So, again, you go from Chris Archibiacchino now to Mark Armstrong, some of the same issues plaguing Villanova. That was a concern. There's not enough ball movement. I think we talked about it tonight too. Six assists on, on 22, 22 made field, field goals, and that's 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 a lot of beating air out of the ball. My concern is on the other end of the floor. Penn shot 51 percent from the floor and 41 from three. Like you're not beating anybody. You know what else they did? They got a bunch of really important offensive rebounds. Yes, yes. You're not beating anybody giving up that. So there's that. I'm not all feeling over. I know they'll figure it out. But there needs to be an improvement in, on the defensive end of the floor. There's got to be a sense of urgency. There needs there. to be an improvement defensively. They need to run better stuff offensively. Pen through a zone at them, and it looked like Jeff Goodman out there trying to run offense <laughs> against the zone. Like they, there's there's a lot of things that Villanova has to figure but, but, out. But in fairness, that's one of the hardest things early in the year. If you're not a zone concept team, you'd be surprised at how many teams struggle because they haven't practiced because they hadn't practiced against a lot of zone. And I watched. We watched the game even while we were sitting there today. I watched, uh, you know, at the halftime of here, I tuned into the end of the West Carolina game. Great job when uh, Justin Gray and those guys. But they were up by five or six, and then the freaking zone comes into play, and then it goes down to the wire. Like I, and having been in that situation early in the year, I think it's when teams that are most vulnerable with zone. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just – you would think that when you have as many veterans on the roster as that Villanova team does, they'd be a little bit better prepared for it. But I also want to throw this at you. You know the last time that Villanova lost to a big five opponent? Do you know what it was? It's been a while. No, it's been five years. years. December 11th, they lost 78-75 to 75 at Penn. The same year that they lost to Furman at home in overtime. That season, they had Colin Gillespie was a sophomore, Jermaine Samuels was a sophomore, Sadiq Bey was a freshman. Eric Pascal was a senior. They finished as a sixth seed, made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, and lost to Purdue Boilermakers in right. uh, the right. second round of that dance. So if they if, if this Villanova team ends up as a sixth seed that loses in the second round of the tournament, I, I think that that's probably like a fair result for what this group ends really? up Really? For a $3 million dollar payroll? That's, where you that's what you want? Where you can no, no. want? Talking about a team that headed into the season is like they're ranked 21st right now. If you're ranked 21st, you're projected as a sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, again, they're ranked 21st because of Kyle Neptune. That's why they were ranked 21st. It, it's true. You can nod your head all you want. That's the truth. But that's see, why Goodman, people don't have them higher. The reason, I, I, the reason we love you, Goodman, is because yeah, you tell I, it like it is. No, no, no. I think it's a concern to point guard play. Is the is the bigger issue, and, and and they'll figure that out. I think you got to figure out how to to get more production out of that spot, more to create easier baskets for everyone else. They got to figure that out. And it, you need Justin Moore getting buckets. You don't need him trying to set Correct. guys up. That's I, I I just I want to throw one thing out there on our bold predictions. 
do you remember who you picked as a national champion on the bold prediction show? I know I picked them to go to the final. Four. You picked the Villanova Wildcats as national still champion. They're still holding. It was bold. Oh, it was bold. It was bold. All right. <laughs> All right. Look good right now. I do want to revisit the big St. Mary's to go to the final. I know that doesn't look great either, Jeff. <laughs> it's not it's not a banner day for you. I want to ask you one more thing that happened on the show. Had a few blue moons that night. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Some lights guys. <laughs> Some lights guys. So on on that show, our Terrence Oglesby said that he believes that the ACC is the second best league, better than the Big East. We balked at that. A lot of people balked at that. Georgetown lost to Holy Cross at home last night. DePaul has lost their first two games. It has not looked pretty. Yeah. St. John's got smoked at home. Uh, Xavier lost tonight. Villanova lost the Palestra tonight. Yeah, Villanova is the one that are surprises you. you. Yeah. Are, are we overrating the Big East? Are we? How much? How uh, precious does Theo look right now? Do you think he's smart? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he's smart, but. Um, Listen, the, the bottom line is, again, it, it's still the first week of the season. All these MTs are coming up. Those are going to be the things that, that still determine, you know, your non-conference resume as a league. Now, again, you don't want to dig yourself too too dig, deep of a hole if you're the biggest, but your top teams are still coming. Right? I mean, last I checked, Marquette hasn't lost yet. Creighton hasn't lost yet. UConn. UConn hasn't lost yet. And, again – it's going to take some Yeah, I, I think for me the biggest thing is that I thought that the impact of Rick Patino and Ed Cooley would be – Oh, Cooley. We knew Georgetown would struggle. Right. Right? I, I thought we figured they would struggle. I don't think the expectation was as high with those guys. I, as didn't, I, mean, I didn't think they'd blow a double at home to with a broken hand. And, you know, he's a stressful big for those guys with his experience from the tournament run. I think the success, overall, how we feel about the Big East is going to depend on team we watched tonight, Xavier, and I think St. John. Yeah, I think you're probably How, right. how well does those two teams go a long way to that? So this is where we got to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's a place you can store all of your predictions forever by using the Vaulted Challenge feature. Go download the Vaulted app. That's V-L-T-E-D to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prizes. Jeff. Tomorrow, what do you got? Champions Classic. Yeah. Duke against Michigan. Duke is favored by three and a half. Michigan State. We got sure. Michigan State. So we have Kansas against Kentucky. Kansas is now at BetMGM favored by six and a half. I got Duke winning. I got Duke covering. I got Kansas winning. I got Kansas covering. Oh, I hope you're wrong. I think it's going to be a relatively, uh, when things are all said and done, a relatively unexciting set of games. Really? Do you accept my challenge? That they're not going to be exciting games. I just think that both favorites are going to win and cover. Yeah, I mean, I'll go against. I, I think one of the underdogs wins. I, I don't know which one. Got to pick one. I'll take Michigan State then. I'll you think take Michigan, Michigan State, State will win. I, I don't know if Kentucky can win. I think they can cover. But again, All right, so let's, so let's, let's, let's 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 talk through these matchups. We'll, we'll spend a minute on on Michigan State to start. Right at the NGM right now, Michigan State is uh, getting three and a half points. The total there is one forty-two and a half. RC. What does Michigan State have to do? Make shots. <laughs> like go on. Like make a three. Like, make what are you three. like oh for twenty twenty-three right now. Like, Two for thirty-one. Six point five. I can't wait to see it. the first three that goes up. We got to look at Izzo's reaction. <laughs> no matter what it is, right? If it's if it's in or it's not, whichever. But it, but certainly, it's two teams that need a game. They need this win. And mm -hmm. it's almost as if they yeah. needed to play Kansas and Kentucky. And it's two teams that need this win because Michigan State struggling to score. They had lost early in the year. And this Duke team needs to answer the bell against an experienced physical team. That seems to be something that teams have attacked them with coming off that Arizona loss. Someone has to lose. Goodman. Yeah. Kentucky getting six and a half points. Those young freshmen putting their first real test against a real opponent, the number one team in the country. A guy that I said on the bold prediction show uh, could win national player of the year, Michael Dickinson. What does Kentucky have to do to win? So here's one of the things about it, it's not like Kansas is this team that brings back everybody from their team last year. Yeah, they got a couple guys back, obviously, Juan Harris and KJ Adams and, and, uh, and McCullough. So they do have some guys. Well, Kentucky's got a couple veterans now. 
You know, one guy's been back in Reeves, and Trey Mitchell's played a lot of basketball. You know, Kansas is a completely different team, right? They, they're still trying to figure out how they're going to play. They don't have perimeter shoot. If they have one of those games, and they're going to have them, where they're going to go two for 20 from three, they're going to have them. In. Then Kentucky wins this game. So I, I think it comes in. And yeah. again, the bright lights – Right, the pressure. How does the young guys yeah. handle the pressure? How yeah. does the Kentucky young guards handle the pressure? What, what you Kansas got, you got does in You got 20 seconds here. What does uh, Kentucky have to do to stop Hunter Dickinson? I wouldn't worry about Hunter Dickinson. Attacking him in ball screens, you let him go. It's the other guys. Force other guys to beat you from the perimeter, and the guards got to take care of the basketball. Goodman, Fisher predictions. Who wins? Just tell me who wins. I'm going to Kansas. Kansas wins. Kansas and Michigan State? Yes. I think it's Duke and Kansas. I think Kansas experience over Kentucky guards, but I think it's, it goes down to the wire. I have Duke, I have Kansas, and I have them both covering over at Ben MGM. Listen, we are heading over to the Stadium YouTube channel for Last Call. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live, Mackey Arena, Stadium YouTube, Last Call. It's our new show.